Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, shapes, sorts, and sizes. This is Josh Belcher, host of the Uncharted Podcast. Hope you had a great week going into an awesome weekend. Everything's fine. You're happy and healthy, full of love and excitement, and all things wonderful. Uh, my week's been pretty great, but the weekend is geared up for pure excitement. Because as we speak and you're listening to this, I'm headed to the ICCC comic sci-fi convention in nashville tennessee looking forward to seeing all the cool people dressed up meet some of my favorite uh, characters in the world of sci-fi and comics and check out the plethora of gadgets and comics and toys and whatever you can think about gonna be like a gigantic kid in a candy store and then if that's not enough i'm going saturday to my favorite place on planet earth usa my own personal Disneyland, and that's Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I'm going to go and check out Fame Studios for the three millionth time. I'm going to go to the Muscle Shoals Sound Studio for the millionth time. Might go to Helen Keller's house and touch that water fountain where she learned how to talk and sign language. I'm going to go to the Tom Hendricks wall, see the sacred wall he built. Lots of fun stuff, but the cool thing I can tell you is I'm going with a brand new girlfriend. Her name's Arlie, and she's fantastic, and uh, most importantly, she actually likes me and hasn't got ready to get rid of me yet, so that is really, really cool. So we're going to get geared up for all that stuff here really soon. Guests on the podcast, we've got stand-up comedian Brad Sativa. Now, he is a superstar on the rise. He's got a cult following here in Nashville, but is getting bigger as we speak. Well, he's going to be at Zany's Saturday, April 17th with his show Brunch of Laughs. It's part of the Nashville Comedy Festival. So be sure to get your tickets. I know they're selling out fast. Go check him out. Also, another guest this week, we've got Max from the Tulsa Trio, Will Dorado. They have a brand new single called Head Right. Got an LP coming out for you here real soon. We talk about that and a lot of other cool stuff. And uh, without any further ado, I'll uh, quit talking about all this stuff and we'll talk to them about it. (laughs) So here we go. Josh Belcher for the Uncharted Podcast. Thanks for listening. Let's get it going. Comedian Brad Sativa is on this episode of the Uncharted Podcast. He's got his comedy show, Brunch of Laughs, at Zanny's Nashville on Saturday, April 17th. And that's part of the Nashville Comedy Festival. He's a hilarious human being. Go check him out. But in the meantime, enjoy him right here in this interview on the Uncharted Podcast. Brad, let me just say... You know, very proud uh, that you're a local guy representing Tennessee, as uh, I'm here in Middle Tennessee as well. And uh, first time I've seen you, I've, I've been a fan, you know, listening to you and, and watching clips on YouTube and everything. But went to the J.P. Sears show, and you were emceeing or hosting, I guess, and just killed it, man. You just tore that room up. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, it was uh, not necessarily my 
my normal crowd, but uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, that's one thing I was going to bring up is that you know I've seen what you do and everything, and how I mean it takes a lot of talent, in my opinion, and I'm sure everybody else's too, be able to fluctuate and relate to different kinds of people because um, you know you're in there with that crowd who's you know, pretty much conservative and, uh, you know, leaning towards the right and everything, and you just related to everybody, you know, being a guy that studies some stuff you do and, and how you usually uh, conduct and everything, but how do you get prepared for something like that to uh, to adapt to uh, your surroundings? Because, I mean, it takes a lot to do that. Yeah, it's, um, first thing, I'll tell you what helped me out a lot. It's, uh, so I, 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 my first time working that show was, what, late the late show on Thursday. And so uh, when I went up there, I had a test, but it was, you know what I'm saying, if I have a, a standard for myself or what I hold myself to, it was all right, I said, pretty good. But then I went and kind of paid attention, what was going on, what kind of material JP was doing, what kind of material the feature was doing, and uh, and kind of find my lane within that, but still, you know what I'm saying, still put my spin on it and give people, you know what I'm saying, a, a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, and and that's the beauty of comedy because I come from the generation. See, I'm 38, and I come from the ones I studied was your Richard Pryors and your Eddie Murphys and, and Red Fox and George Harlan, the people mm-hmm. that could, you know, they just they give it to everybody. And, and that's what I like. I like the thick-skinned comics, and I felt that's like what you did because it was a surprise. You know, you come out there to hang – well, I don't, I'm not going to – I won't say all that. I won't give away anything, but – from where you came out to what you said about the Trump rally, just it just hit on off cylinders. I just thought, uh, you know, brilliant all the way through, and that's what impressed me because, you know, that's a that's a tribute to your craft and how much you take it seriously because you just got in there and just just killed the thing. And uh, my uh, girlfriend and I, we were we were thoroughly impressed with uh, with your set. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna harass him and see if I can finally get him on the podcast. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we were able able to make it happen finally. Yeah, no, you're a busy man. But, uh, you know, Brunch of Laughs is coming up, this Nashville Comedy Fest. Um, is that like your what you would call your residency here? Is Because I know, obviously, you, you claim this is home. I, I was going to ask you where you're from originally, but uh, Brunch of Laughs, that's like your residency gig? Or, or can you tell me a little more about that? I know it's coming up in like a few days. Yeah, so um, what happened is what maybe now probably about closer to three years ago, um, I had an idea to do a brunch show. And I was like, man, because uh, I did one before, like for, it was for something else. But I was like, oh, man, we should do this, like, locally, and we should do this, like, in Nashville. And because uh, we, a big brunch city, uh, of course, and just kind of uh, recognizing that, I was like, yeah, I approached the club with the idea, and then they actually agreed to it. And then from there, it was, uh, I knew, I, at that point, I, I did want a, uh, I wanted a co-host, but I wanted to get somebody contract me, so I got my friend, Laura Peak, uh, to be my co-host. And so for pretty much like a year and a half, we did that show. And then, of course, uh, then she actually moved to L.A. last January, mm-hmm. like right before COVID. And so it kind of like... Locked everything down, and so with that show, we continued for a second because, like, like I said, she moved away, so I was gonna like figure out how I was gonna re- put it together. And then uh, over over the, the the first lockdown, I finally like, all right, let's let me just stretch it back up. Me think of some ideas. The club contacted me too, and they was like, yeah, we've been thinking about bringing it back too. So I was like, all right, well let's 
do it. And so we did the first one back in October, and uh, they've been pretty close to selling out every every time. So that, that's great. It looks like a fun event. I'm gonna have to get on board. We weren't here for too long, but um, yeah, you mentioned that, Laura, and you just said about going to California. That brings up another question for me, because uh, I noticed, like you know, Nate Bargatze's, your Keith Alberstadt, a lot of these guys that are from uh, this area originally. It seems like they always go to either New York or L.A. Do you think that you can have a career here in Nashville and, and stay here, or do you think to take it to another level you need to move, or do you think people just do it for other adventures or whatever? Uh, it's, uh, it's like two or three parts to that answer. Um, if you would have asked me that, uh, okay, if you would have asked me that question pre-COVID, I would have said yes. If you should get on the coast, you should go to either New York, uh, New York or L.A., maybe even do like a stop. If you're young, like uh, like under 30, I would say do a stop in either a mid-market city like uh, Chicago or Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That give you an opportunity to go up a lot. Like D.C., another good one. It's like a pretty vast scene, big scene. You can spend a lot of time because there's a lot going on. Uh, that would be a second suggestion, I would say. Uh, the reason why I say this, though, is you kind of look at pre-COVID, most of the comedians uh, from Nashville are just kind of stating the obvious, uh, are white, uh, like, clean comics. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily Christian, but white, clean comics. Yeah, that's okay. That's making like money all the like making a career able to pay their bills fully off of comedy. Mm-hmm. You talk about neighbor Gassy who's clean, uh, Dusty Slay who is clean. Yeah. Uh, then you got other like up and comers like Brian Bates, uh, Aaron Weber clean. You got Jeff Allen, Henry Cho in this area too. Um, so if you're a clean comic, it's like before the pandemic. Create a career out of based out of Nashville because that's what most of the comedians who have a name like on the or like I said pretty much living life off of comedy fully are clean white comics yeah know? and they just they just it is what it is it's not like me poking and bringing up because I don't I'm like saying I'm not complaining about it but just that is what it was uh-huh. uh huh. So myself, I even planned myself of going to another city. I was going to, at first, I was going to Chicago for probably about six months to a year to get my rhythm up to, like, the whole thing is, like, going to New York and going to Chicago, New York, L.A. You got to hit a lot of muscles of rhythm. You got to kind of build. It's like going up 15 times a week, you know what I'm saying? Or, so it's just, it's just a thing when you in them cities, you're going to have to work like that unless you got, like, management going in, which that's not usually the case, going to a coast. Um, but I would say since the pandemic, though, uh, a lot of people have been leaving the coast. So a lot of comedy leaving New York, a lot of comedy leaving L.A., and it's been two big destinations. Number one has been Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas, number two, has been Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And not just in, in Nashville, not even just um, – Comedy, because you got what the the whole conservative, the Daily Wire, they moved their whole operations to Nashville. Yeah, that's right. They I saw that. 
Yeah, so that's a, a major media a company that's that moved to Nashville. You have uh, all the other, like, mid-major bands and, and uh, artists coming here. So Nashville as, as an overall scene is kind of popping off. You got a lot of people in the TV industry moving here. A lot of bookers are moving here. So right now it would be kind of going backwards for me to go to a coast. Yeah, okay. So, because it's like I'm more, I got more roots settled here, mm-hmm. and since it's stuff coming in now, and people are bringing eyes to the club and bringing eyes to the city, just for at least the next couple of years, it just makes sense for me to stay in Nashville. Yeah, uh, and the reason I brought it up with you is because I, I know you have, you know, you build like your cult following and, and momentum here in Nashville, and, and you're well loved and respected. And um, it was just a curiosity thing because you know I've heard other comics like. Being from Tennessee, the only thing I've ever known was Zanies, and then they they have uh, the Comedy Bar now, and I guess that place that uh, the one gentleman, uh, the Herm, is a part of. But mm-hmm. um, I I you know if you talk to somebody that lives in New York or something, you know they explain to me, which opened my eyes. It's like okay, you can leave this open mic or whatever, uh, you know, take the take the uh, the tunnel, go somewhere else, do another ten fifteen minutes, and just like all night, you you know, by the time you're done, ten to twelve set. Where you think in here, it's like, you know, you take Rick Roberts' class, and from there you might get five minutes, and if you're good, you just go from there. So, a guy like you that's that's, that's building that momentum, who who already you know, cut your own live record, and you know, building that. I didn't know if it was the next step would be to travel, but everything you said, you know, it makes complete sense. Yeah, we also got what 800 pound gorilla here. That's uh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's just. <coughs> Yeah, just right now, it just don't. <coughs> sorry, uh, that's right. yeah, it just don't make sense mm-hmm. for me to leave. Yeah, or anybody, go ahead. I was gonna say, speaking of the eight hundred pound gorilla, are you getting ready to do like a, a a live record or a live recording, like a um, like a live taping or anything in the future? Uh, yes, uh, I'm still solo, so I'm still independent. But um, I I do plan on. Back end of this year, our beginning of 2022 of doing a live, my, my second album. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah, because I know you did one at XNN, which is they're fighting like crazy to keep it going. So that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of crazy, too. It's just that, yeah, that, yeah. that's why I put my album. And then it's like being in this situation now. And it's only been two people record a comedy album ever out of all the years that it's me and David Cross. Yeah, right on. That's cool, and man. So, that's 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 good company to be in. Uh two people standing there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it and I'm the only one who uh had seating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Well what uh let, let's talk about origins. Like um where where were you from originally and when did you know that uh that stand up was gonna be the, the life for you? Uh so I'm originally from West Tennessee. Okay, so not too far off. Uh, yeah, not too about two hours away from here. Um, yeah, I was man. I grew up in West Tennessee. Grew up in the country. Back, you know, what I'm saying backwoods kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. A lot of church. A lot of a lot of just playing outside. A lot of sports. Um, and then so I kind of figured out. Not saying that I didn't know comedy was going to be the way, but I kind of figured out that like I was raised by like majority women. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, like I just kind of recognize making them laugh and making them smile, I could get away like murder. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I kind of learned that early, and, and I kind of definitely used that. And uh, so in school, I was been described as like I don't know, mischievous, a mischievous student, a mischievous. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I was smart, but I had a short attention span. They called it like bad back then. You know what I'm saying? But it's like yeah, ADD. Yeah. But yeah, I'm an '80s baby, so yeah. So back then, I thought they could just like whoop it out of you or something. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Give you some Ritalin, put you in a corner. Yeah, but yeah, my mama like she never like I said, my mom believed in we grew up in the church, so it wasn't no putting them on no medication. That was like y'all ain't whooping ass right, you know what I'm saying? They're like that's, that's <laughs> in the black community. Yeah. In the black community when they weren't fucking with Ritalin like that. It's like, no, nah, yeah. we just if we gonna pray about it and, and put some and whoop his ass. And, yeah, yeah I hear you. <laughs> uh, so I said that anybody broke. Anybody yeah. broke. That's that's yeah. kind of a broke people thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, but yeah. So I grew up in West Tennessee. Man, played football. I always kind um, of played sports all the way through. I played high school football all the way through. But so because of that, I didn't really do anything too much extracurricular because I'm from like one of them crazy football towns where it's like you like once you get a, once you play football, you gotta like let everything else go because you don't have time. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I waited to my senior year and I like got in all the clubs I could get into, like for like college applications and stuff. So I ended up getting to some uh some business classes and I kinda knew that I wanted to not really work for somebody for the rest of my life. I kinda figured that out. Did like taking the business courses, joining the business professional of America, joining merchandise uh classes and other organizations. And uh and so I ended up like I ended up on M T S U and so after that I came I came to this area. I, I was still, I'm not going to set to the birthday. So for the first month of school, I was like 17. Mm-hmm. I, just, I left immediately, though. I wanted to get the hell up out. And so <laughs> uh, when I was in school, I, the first thing that my roommate was, uh, my roommate was, he was 22. And so, and he was the number one DJ on campus and one of the popular, most popular DJs in Nashville. So he used to just bring me everywhere, even up like seventeen. So the first month of school, I was getting in clubs, twenty one wristbands for VIP. I was doing all kinds of stuff. So I got to meet a lot of people in college real early, just because I was always around all the parties and stuff. Because because of that, so I was kind of, I guess like I said, just not popular yet, but just kind of like known for just being around and, and hanging with people who was doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then kind of from there, it's, I don't know, it's kind of, I, I switched everything. Uh, after that, I, I remember I got approached to join my fraternity. I didn't want to do it. I told it, like, at first, I told them all the reasons I didn't want to join the fraternity, which I did not want to join the fraternity. I kind of just wanted to live, live, just do the school life and just keep moving. Um, but so I ended up joining my fraternity, which today is actually like my 18th year anniversary so this so which is ironic yeah but uh, <laughs> well congratulations to that <laughs> yeah yeah but, yeah we're gonna probably do a zoom call later together um, <laughs> yeah i'm the youngest one so all of them based my old dude <laughs> 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 yeah but i can I, they got more gray than me so um, yeah. all, um, but so uh so i went to so end up getting my friend and getting real involved in my fraternity so kind of getting involved in school so uh end up being Fairly popular at school, like 
winning kind of like winning all kind of like populated contests and winning stuff is cool. And so I kind of knew like, oh okay, like entertainment is my thing. You know, what I'm saying? Cause I was doing writing, I was doing songwriting already. So I'm like, I want to get into entertainment in some capacity. So by the end of school, I was pretty well known. Um, I was like, yeah, I got to use this momentum and this kind of like beginnings of where Facebook and like uh, like 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 music marketing was getting ready to start, like, taking over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. At that point, I was, like, doing something. We had a marketing management company because that's, that's what my degree is in. I got a marketing degree. And cool. so so after that, me and my friend came, went to business together and started our, like, our own company. Uh, went down to the Chamber of Commerce, got the LLC done, got it, you know, so we got all that stuff done. And for like probably about five years, we was doing the company, doing was doing different like albums, mixtapes back then with other artists that we was working with. I was doing different songwriting, and then but over time, it kind of got to a point where, uh, like I said, it was an old school artist where he was more or less like, I like I want to be in the studio, 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 and I was like one of the kind of like I said the new I guess nuance like thinking of like I don't know we need to be out more. We need to be on social media more. We need to grab boss. We need to network. I'm pushing like for more of that pushing. We kind of have a conflict of interest. So I ended up kind of going on my own. And at this point, I still also had a job. I was doing like sales for like for like big companies. Uh, so I was at this at this point in my mid twenties, I was making the most money I'm making in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Even compared to now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Um, yeah. So. Um, I was yeah, so I was making shit ton of money, and uh, so I was telling telling him, like the artists I was working with, I'm like, don't matter about anything else. I got we got money to cover stuff. Like I said, but in my mid twenties, I don't really I don't have no kids, I don't have you know no wife, it's whatever. And but it never really uh, never took advantage of that, and so I went on to my own thing, doing my own songwriting, working with different producers that I knew. So I was like working on music. And then it was a point where I thought like me and that other me and that job, I quit there. I uh, I did a little bit of like a little bit of riff rap for a few years. Let's just say what I did, I made shit happen for like two or three years, mm-hmm. and then um, and then I, I wanted to get into a cash business, so I started bartending and serving like uh, like a decade ago. And so I started doing that. I, I started making money working at this like family restaurant, and it was it was cool. But I had making money, and then from there I wanted to go to like I want more bar and more adult, you know what I'm saying? So I went and switched that up and started working for this, uh, started working for Cabana. And then I used to, we used to make a shit ton of money because it was mostly women in clientele and it was only like two dudes, two to three dudes only working there. So we always stayed pretty, you know, they're popular with women so we could always make money. But everybody there started telling me, oh, you funny, you funny as hell, you funny. My tables, my, the people I work with, you funny, you funny. Oh my God, I had such a good time. You funny, blah blah blah. I kept hearing, and so people were like, I used to try comedy. I was like, Nah, y'all crazy. You know what I'm saying? So for like two years, I worked worked there. I had all that. So I switched jobs, working another restaurant. And then as I'm working there. Then I, I mentioned this because of, of get to the point, but I had another uh, employee that worked with us uh, at that other restaurant. It was a he was a gay white dude. Who uh, we had to pretty much our birthdays was like a year apart, but we both were Virgos, so we had like a similar sense of humor, and so it was like every time that we worked a shift, 
everybody was like, oh, it's going to be a good night tonight. We got the crazy people. And there's one other dude named James who's also gay. So between the three of us, if it, we all three was on the shift, the shift was going to be insane because we all cracking jokes, being silly, mm-hmm. like the whole time. And so uh, it gets a point where everybody's like, y'all funny, y'all should do comedy. And then uh, my friend was like, man, I've been thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? He's like, well, I'm like, man, I've been thinking about it. Then he was like, if you go, I'll go. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go for sure. And then, because uh, I've been thinking, I was thinking about it anyway. To have a, like I said, tired of hearing it. And I remember telling the girl that I was dating, not necessarily dating, but we was in like a situationship. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so we, yeah, we was in that for a while. And, but it was getting to a point where she was leaving Nashville, moving to New Orleans because she wanted to do jazz music over country music because she was getting paid doing country music, but she wasn't getting paid doing jazz, and jazz was her love one. So she wanted to move to New Orleans. But like she moved back to New Orleans, uh, which she still is doing well down there. But I remember telling her though, I'm like, I'm not thinking about comedy, and she was like, telling me, "Are you out your mind? <laughs> you like you're so right." <laughs> yeah, so I'm just telling her that I was crazy. But then, like that, the, the fast forward back to that time, I um, I'm like, let's go. I'm gonna go. I go to the mic. So I, I went to the I went to the mic, thinking that he was gonna show up, but he didn't show up the guy that I work with. So I was at this place that I didn't know anyone at the, at that point until this one guy walked in. His, uh, his name Wicks. And uh, he usually, like, tours with, like, these bands, like, with this one, like, band, and he used to, like, just open up and do stuff for them. Um, but he was having to be there, and I knew him because of, like, the rest of our industry because I knew his roommate. So he was like, oh, Brad, what you doing here? He was like, I'm like, he's like, you thinking about doing comedy? I'm like, I'm thinking about it a little bit. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't know about today. I'm just kind of checking it out. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, nah, you got to go up today. And so he went and grabbed, uh, he like grabbed, uh, he talked to the host, a uh, dude named De- uh, Brad Pentagast or Brad Elwood. So he went talk to him and got him to uh, let me sign up for, the, sign up for like the, uh, the, the sign-up sheet on the open mic before everybody else because it's my first time ever going up. And so, and the reason why, and so, I'm, I'm like, sorry, I'm a little high. I missed the report. No, uh, that's good. I'm listening. <laughs> but so the whole thing I was talking about earlier, I mean, the reason why I brought up my frat uh, is because my frat, we used to do this uh, charity step show where we used to, like, get the, like, IFC and Panhellenic uh, fraternities and sororities to, like, do a step show, which is the historically white fraternity. So yeah. we would teach them how to step, and we would do a step show with them, but we used to do it for charity. And so I used to host that, and that was, like, that's when I, like, first time I ever talked on stage and people, like, laughed, and it was meant to, like, you know what I'm saying, for that kind of thing. But it was, that's a, but I wasn't even thinking about standing up because I was in music. So that's the kind of first time where I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is different. It's funny. It's different kind of thing. But now to fast forward back to me going and doing going up. I remember, uh, so gave me the sheet. It was, uh, it was 24 slots. And uh, he was like, sign up any way you want to. So I, I signed up seven. And I remember and I remember signing up. And I'm like, I'm signing up seven. And after the show, I was like, all right, I wasn't the best. And I wasn't the worst out of 24 people. And I'm like, I can live with that. And so I started going back. You know, and I started going back. Then probably after maybe my fourth time, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. And so I started doing it. And so I was in it for two months, which I started kind of late. So I started when I was 31. 
mm-hmm. five, six years ago. And so what I said, I'm like, okay, I'm doing comedy, let's do it. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how to be funny on stage and, like, not really write too much material, but just get comfortable on stage. I go to Denver with my with, with some of my friends and family to go and, like, hang out, you know what I'm saying, for 420, just kind of do our thing. Yeah. Found to, I go down to Denver. I, I, I have an epiphany in Denver. I'm at a Snoop Dogg concert. <laughs> of course, I would be on 420. That just makes sense. But um, at a Snoop Dogg concert in Denver, and I look at the crowd, and that crowd was, like, the most diverse crowd I've ever seen in my life. And they was all there for Snoop Dogg and we. And, you know, and it was, like, young people, 18, 18, like, there. It was people that was in their 60s there. It was black people, white people, rich people, poor people, young, old, Hispanic, Asian. It didn't matter. It was everything was covered. And I was just, it blew me away. I'm like, all right, this is what I want my crowd to look like. You know what I'm saying? And it's like I came up to that epiphany. So that's kind of like the beginning of where my style comes from or where I wanted to be funny in front of everybody and not just exclude it to like a one secular stream of people. I didn't want because my name's Sativa that, oh, you only appeal to potheads. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I'm black, I only appeal to the black comics. Or because I'm Southern, I only um, appeal to the Southern people. Or if I... If I lean, if I lean to the, if I lean left, I only appeal to left people. It's just people don't, you know what I'm saying? People, you know what I'm saying? I ain't it's wrong, but people jump on those a lot. Sexuality, like whatever, you know what I'm saying? But it's all people jump on them bandwagon. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you said all that because like you know you appeal to me, and I'm a you know a 38 year old white conservative Christian. But <laughs> anyway, I, I'm glad you mentioned because because it was because. Um, you have that gift, and that's why I was, and I'm going to circle back to, like, the old classic guys where you can re- appeal to everybody because if you're funny and you can get up there and you can you can relate to a room full of strangers like you do, it don't matter what color, what sexual orientation, who you call God, who you vote for, and that's why I'm a study of comedy and why I love it, and that's, you know, really wanted me to have you on right now because it impressed me because I know, you know no matter what our differences of opinion are or what you've got or what i got, when you got up there, you just hit it right on the head. Even the, you know, that one joke in the middle, like I said, I don't want to give it away because people are going to enjoy it, man. That just floored me. It was so funny. And, you know, you give a shout out to your friend. Uh, I just, you got it, man. You got a fan in me. And I just, I just like your stuff and, uh, you know, appreciate your efforts. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate you. But, uh, you know, all that well-rounded stuff. And, and if you're going to want to work and make a career out of this, uh, everything you said really, really nailed it. You got to, you can't just look at, at one group. You gotta give it to everybody, and uh, I, I like that origin story, man. I appreciate you sharing that with me. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, man. That's okay. Yeah. Go ahead, um, no, it was alright. I was just, I just really, I, I was floored by listening to because you, you know the reason I named this the Uncharted is because it's truly uncharted territory. But I like it when I learn something or get inspired, and you gave me some wisdom, and I just was pretty, pretty appreciative. But uh, I wanted to make sure, you know, before I let you go, I know you're busy, busy. But the Zinni's Comedy Fest brunch of laughs is uh, Saturday, April seventeenth, right? What what time does it get started? Uh, so we get started at two o'clock. We open up at uh, the doors open at one. Uh, Jay Daniels is our sponsor, so we have so we have different type of giveaways from Jack Daniels. Cool. Um, also with that as well, we uh, 
that we're able to, this this time because it's the festival to have a lot of surprise guests. So kind of no one kind of knows the lineup. Oh no doubt, and it could be anybody that come out. So yeah, that's awesome. And you, you your uh, yours is not sold out yet, or you're sold out? Uh, it's, it's, it's the tickets are very close, but uh, but no, okay. it's not sold out yet. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a great time to to go there because I just saw like as today, uh, uh, Josh Wolf and uh, Nate Bargatze are, are on the the Callahan podcast. Um, the name of it forgets me, but you know, like you said, that when they have the fest here and there's a lot of cool cats in town, you never know what's going on. Next up on Uncharted, we've got Max from the Tulsa Trio, Will Dorado. We've got a brand new single called Head Right. We discussed that, a new LP on the horizon, and a whole lot more. Enjoy. Brother, first of all, let's uh, let's discuss this new single, Head Right. Um, really groovy tune. I like it. What's the inspiration behind it? Well, I mean, I, I'd hate to say it's as straightforward as it is, but it's pretty straightforward, you know what I mean? I, I think we, we wrote it in kind of a pretty dark space, uh, I mean, I personally was in a pretty dark space, and there's something about the simplicity and, oh, I don't know, just positive. I don't know, man. It was. I think it was just I, I had an easy time writing that tune. It was, it was not very often it just kind of all comes out, and uh, I think I, when we started just jamming on that song, it was a, it was pretty easy to write. Yeah, they say the best songs that, that ever come out are, are usually like that way. They just come out kind of organically and naturally. Yeah, and it was uh, it was fun to write. We, you know, we were kind of standing up and holding the guitars, and everyone, you know, just kind of playing live like we do uh, when we tour. And it's been a long time since we'd written a song that way. So, right on. It was fun. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, you guys have an LP, uh, an LP coming out in 2021. What's, what's the story behind that? What's going on with it? Well, the biggest story is just when can we get it out? We, we keep we keep kind of delaying its release to coincide a tour, but I think we've kind of run out of time to do that. And we'll, I mean, to tell you the truth, man, I still have no idea what's coming out. They keep saying the fall, so fingers crossed on the fall. And we'll release a couple more singles this summer. Cool. Hopefully, have the proper record in the fall. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, with the pandemic and everything, the whole world's upside down. Um, so I was, I was, uh, you know, trolling on your Instagram. Saw you guys have been together since 2013. Uh, what, what drives you to keep going? That's that's quite a uh, longevity within one band. Yeah, it is. I think. I think our whole thing is just as long as we're excited about it. There's no reason to stop. Um, it's been the band has been really interesting in the sense that it's not something any of us have ever really forced. It's just kind of happened, and and one thing leads to the next, and 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 the next thing we know, we're just someplace else. You know what I mean? And I also think we just have a, a brotherhood, if you will, with each other. We share. We share such a deep friendship and have gone through a lot, and I think it's just something we love, you know what I mean. And no one's been no one's been willing to give it up yet. And it's been it's been a struggle. It's you know the, from the very beginning we've been grinding our teeth and you know kind of doing the dog work. But 
something about that has has made us closer and and made it continue to be fun. Uh, yeah, it's just I think mostly it's just something we all appreciate and put a lot of time into, and and we're not ready to set aside. Mm-hmm. Right on. And and all you guys are all from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Two of us are from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then the other guy is out in Los Angeles. But he's a Texas boy. Where are you from? I am from Middle Tennessee, close to Nashville. Yeah, great. Can you, t- can you tell by my uh, hillbilly American accent? <laughs> You've got a respectable accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, you know, the reason I asked about Tulsa, Tulsa, because the, the one time I've been to L.A., and I, I guess I was reading you guys uh, reside there now. Was that kind of a shelf shock going from one end to the other? Well, which they kind of were a shell shock both ways. Uh it was, you know, when we went to L.A., that that was wild, and it was fast, and it went by really fast. And then we started having babies, and I've got a big family here in Tulsa, and we were touring so much. It was a little bit of a no-brainer on uh, getting out of L.A. to continue doing the band, if you will. It's a lot harder to support yourselves and support everybody else trying to live in that town, man. It's a, it's a hard town. Oh, no doubt. I'm, I understand. Everybody I've talked to says, you know, when they get there, they get like a 400-square-foot, uh, one-bedroom apartment. It's like $9,000 a month to live there. Yeah, that's no lie. I <laughs> I have very, very fond memories, and I hold it in a in a sweet place, though. It, there's, you know, I made incredible friends, and our whole team's still out there. It's a, it's a place I really like to go, but I think the, the best thing we ever did was move to Tulsa. I, I love this town, um, so it's it feels really good. Things are really great in regard to that. Cool. Yeah, a lot of good music has come out of uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, so, you know, you're in good company for sure. Yeah, it's cool. Where did you guys come up with the band name? It's it's nothing like I've ever seen or heard before. Let's, let's, let's learn about that. It's a little town in Texas, East Texas. Uh, really? West Texas, I'm sorry, West Texas. Yeah, you know, we... We were bird dog. We started out bird dog. My my grandpa and I were real close, and he always had bird dogs. And I, so we just kind of accidentally named the band that. And then, um, long story short, a, a band from upstate New York kind of sent us a pre-cease and desist, and they had had a bunch of music up, and, and we just decided instead of getting into a fight with them, we would just change the name. So we went on our very first tour. And we're tasked to come back with the new band name. And uh, driving from L.A. all the way out west, I think our first night was in Pittsburgh, believe it, or Kansas City. And and uh, we just drove right through Wilderado, Texas. I mean, it was literally this massive sign. And uh, I thought it was a cool word, man. I mean, there's there's some intentionality to it where I think it, it helps to not really have – I mean, you Google Wilderado and, and where what pops up. Um, and I think there's – you know, and the, and then the other thing is coming up with the band name is one of the worst things ever. I mean, that's way worse than coming up with songs. It's yeah, it's just a hard thing to do. Everything sucks. Every 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 good band name's taken for, you know, for the rest of time. I'm afraid. Who I'm probably wrong with that, but you know, there it was, man. I'm not gonna lie. It was like two in the morning. We just saw this big big sign said Will Dorado, and me and me and the drummer Justin looked at each other and said, "That's a pretty cool word." So we changed the, they use an O, Wildo Rotter, Wildorado, and, and we changed it to an E. Kind of looks like Wilderado. 
gotcha. Yeah, I got you. Way to cover all the bases. Well, have they given you the key to the city yet, or is that next on the bucket list? Yeah, not they're not as you know as much over there as I'd like to. I I try to. There is like a, there is an ISD, a Wilderado ISD Facebook page that I try to comment on as much as I can if I ever see them, you know, winning yeah. some ball games or something. But and actually, I exchanged messages one time with the. I think he was the principal over there. I think he had just found the band on accident and, and messaged us. And so we kind of had a friendly exchange. But, yeah, one day, I mean, we got to take that place over, right? Yeah, got to. Got to have a massive show there, maybe a festival. A big festival, that's right. That's it. And you guys headline the whole shebang. Mm. Um, I was I was looking where you guys had toured with uh, Lindsey Buckingham and, and Kristen McVie. Uh, what's that experience like? That had to have been pretty amazing. It was amazing. I think, man, it'd be hard to say what the best part of that was. I think mostly we were just kind of learning to play. Um, that's a big, there's a big difference between writing songs and putting together a song and recording them and, and putting together a show. Uh, so it was, it was pretty amazing to get to spend time with them and watch them. I mean, we, we sat and watched their show every single night. Uh, out in the audience. I mean, it was, and they would do the same thing every night. And so you, you started to really learn it. And, and Lindsay would come in and talk to us and same with Christine and all their players were so rad. We still keep up with a lot of those guys. Uh, mostly, man, it was just felt like a privilege. You know what I mean? Every day felt like this is a wild thing to get to do. And, and it's a special thing to get to spend time around people that have done something that you're doing for so long. Uh, yeah, it was cool. And, God, they were accepting and sweet. It was really special. Yeah, it's always good. That's why I would ask when you meet heroes and people of that magnitude who have brought their music, you know, to the masses, if, if they're good and genuine or not. And, and Lindsay always seems like he was. Chris uh, McVie, I've never, other than seen her perform, but when you hear Lindsay do interviews or, like, when he does his own little, like, studio performances, he seems like he might be the genuine, genuine article. So that's cool to hear. Yeah, he was, and and so was Lindsay or Christine, man. And she was in her mid seventies, and she was playing all her parts, and she was warming her voice up and down every night, and uh, it was really cool. Was That's really awesome. Cool. Glad to hear that. Well, what else is on the horizon for the group? You got anything else you want to share with my uh, twenty-two listeners? Share <laughs> <laughs> the same fan base. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I just I appreciate you being interested in us, man. Um, I, I think I think you know we've got a really cool record coming out. I feel I feel proud of it. We spent we spent a long time wanting to put out an LP, and we've kind of just played ball uh, with Spotify and EPs, and never really had time to to record one. And so when when we got to stop and slow down and finish this record. It really, it, it it ended up being exactly what we wanted to make. So uh, whether you liked it or not, I'm I'm excited about it, and I, I hope I hope people will listen to it, give it a shot, and and we'll let me know what to think. Yeah, but it's coming. Forward. Yeah, look forward to hearing it myself. All right, Matt. Hey, hey, man, you have a great day, brother. Thank you for sharing some of your wisdom and and talking about your music with us. All right. For sure. If you're ever around, we get back on the road. Please let me know. I'd love to meet you. Thanks. Yeah. If you're ever in Nashville, I'll be there with bells on. And that wraps up another edition of the Uncharted Podcast. 
Special thanks to my guests, comedian Brad Sativa and Max from the Tulsa, Oklahoma trio, Will Dorado. Most importantly, I want to thank you, the listener, for taking the time. I am truly grateful. Now, with that being said, I want you to get out there and have a fantastic week, an awesome weekend. We will catch you later, and I want you to remember I love you for you and where you're at in life. This is Josh Belcher of Uncharted signing off. Thank you so much. We'll catch you on the flip side.